2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2022 Century Tournament of Champions. DraftKings picks and preview. You want to hit the time codes to jump to a range? That's easy stuff. Also, you want to play the best guys lineup? then you can do that too, down in the time codes. Also, smash the like, give me your favorite sleeper, low price sleeper this week in the comment section. Remember to sub to both Mayo Media Network and the Mayo Media Newsletter. In the newsletter, it'll come out on Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning. Ownership projections, that'll get updated throughout the day. The final betting card, it'll all be in there. So go check that out on Substack. If you are searching for it through Google, or you just hit the description and find it. Listeners League link is down there as well but it's full so wait till the sony open we'll make it bigger see that's what we do we we shorten it we create the demand and then boom we explode that rake-free guaranteed money additionally the show with jeff feinberg already out the research show already out the season preview shows already out but the biggest thing you can do right now besides joining fantasynationalcom national.com slash mayo to get that discount is joining the one and done we're half full for the Race to the Mayo Cup, $500,000 of guaranteed money in the 125 entry. One and done. You pick one golfer per week throughout the course of the year. You get their earnings. You can only use them once. It's a pretty low-cost way to really have a lot of skin in the game because realistically it's like four bucks a week or like 375 a week or something like that so go to fantasygolfchampionships.com and you can go get that right now you can have up to five entries i got my three and i still got some free giveaways to do so if you rate and review the pat mayo experience audio podcast leave your twitter handle along with a five-star review on apple podcast you'll be in the draw we're giving away that entry tomorrow my pin tweet on twitter has another giveaway to do and i'll have another one on twitter coming a bit later on in the week ben raza from Osimo.com is here to kick off the new golf year. You thinking about joining the thousand dollar one and done? Cause I am.
1: Well, if you're going to do it, then I might have to do it. I wasn't thinking about doing it, but peer pressure. It's uh, I love one and done super fun format. I uh, played in yours last year. and It was just absolutely a blast. So I'm, I'm hoping have a little better, better showing, but I'm excited to get things started.
2: Yeah, well, I'm looking at it right now. The $1,000 one has 49 entries and there's 22 people in it right now. So me and you, that's 24. It's 15K to okay. first place. It's $10,000 second. Like, that's the one good thing about this. It's not like you go all year. And like the guy who wins, wins all the money, even in the 125 race to the Mayo cup. Like it's a $500,000 guaranteed prize pool. It's 50 K to the winner. I think it's 35 to second. Like the, the payouts are pretty flat down the list. So if you're having a good year, you're going to get money out of this. It's not like first gets paid second, gets something. And then you know, you might as well finish last. If you finish third, it's it's not like that.
1: No, not at all. My biggest problem. I can't, I can't remember. I have to go full memento style this year. Or something, because I just cannot remember to get my pick in it. at least twice a year. I just don't have a pick. And that's an absolute killer. But
2: you can sign up for the text alerts. You can punch in your phone number. And like I do it. It sends me the thing like, oh, you, you haven't, have a need to do that on Wednesday night. It's like you haven't made your pick yet. Do you want to do that right now? Here's the link. It's like, oh, yeah, I should do that. And I never forget. It's great.
1: Yeah. No, I need to do that. I can't. It, it's so bad. Such a terrible habit. But uh, yeah, let's have, a, let's have a, a year in the one and done. What What do you say? Do,
2: do you have any one and done tips for the people out there? Because I have tips, but I f- always forget to follow them and then I don't do well. So that's a problem.
1: Yeah, that is a problem. My I mean, my tips, I don't get too crazy. I know some people probably get wild and map it all out what I try to do is is have a good idea with the major specifically of who you want to use or who you think you might want to use and kind of hold them back I think the biggest debate and I'm actually interested in what you think about this when you have non-cuts like WGCs do you tend to reach knowing your guy's going to get paid you tend to take a top-end guy knowing there's a lot of money out there.
2: I tend to take a top-end guy because history shows, especially at WGCs, that it's usually one of like the top 10 guys in the field that ends up winning. And I mean, the money for a win at a WGC is about on par, like it's a little less than a major, but it's way more than the other tournaments.
1: Oh, it's huge. It, it's a game changer. And that that's something I always think is a, a great debate because a lot of people see that and they say, well, I know my guy's getting a check so I can take you know, this guy from the sunshine tour <laughs> and not burn a, a spot. And that probably is not the optimal move. I I'm tend to be in line with you where you see the big names usually taking down those events,
2: My biggest piece of advice for the one-and-done, I I think that there's two ways that you can go about this. One, uh, and the strategy that when I do well and then I forget to do it uh, is the one that usually works, is basically just look at the top 10 in odds, who are, like, the two guys that no one wants to bet that week and, like, whoever. They're going to be super low-owned in the one-and-done. And they still have, like, as much win equity as probably the guy right next to them on the betting board who everyone wants to bet. Like, even when we, like, go through, like, when we went through the odds this week, like, do you think that anyone is betting, like, the, the, the one and done starts at the Sony Open next week, not for the Tournament of Champions. But, like, if you were to do it for this week, like, no one is taking Bryson at this tournament. No one. No one's betting him. No one's, like... Playing him on DraftKings, no one's going to use him in the one and done. Not that you like want to burn Bryson, maybe Sam Burns is a better example, but like these are all guys who are less than 20 to one, and like no one really wants to take them.
1: Uh, I will say, we're going to get into this, I, I bet Bryson this week. I like Bryson in this tournament 12 to one, but I'm absolutely with you. You know, the, the other key with one and done, it's amazing. You can endure plenty of missed cuts if you hit some winners. Like, the the, the top-heavy nature of these tournaments, you want to be pretty aggressive. I know it's great to get a, a paycheck each and every week from your guy, but if you're not hitting winners, people will jump over you quickly, and that is one of the many, many factors in this.
2: Well, we always do the three-man one and done on the show between Jeff Cust and I, and I usually have by far the most missed cuts, but I think I've won it every single year because if your guy doesn't fit yep. inside, like, the top three It's kind of useless anyway. Like if your guy finishes T-37, it's not doing you any good.
1: Oh, no, you get some of these tournaments. He gets, uh, you know, an expensive meal out of it. It's like no money for the bottom of it. So it's definitely better to be aggressive and take your missed cuts with your top tens.
2: Yeah, you basically earn the equivalent of one bottle of Empire Maker wine.
1: Yeah, that's for a top 20 uh, if you're lucky but yeah no doubt about it it's it's gonna be really fun though it's a great tournament and as you mentioned you have a slow start that means nothing you can get back in it at any time
2: oh absolutely I want to run like some sort of props pool this year as well that'll probably come after football ends uh, so keep you know just there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of different contests that you can get into, but we're here to talk about DraftKings today. Uh, it is a no-cut event this week. Uh, 39 players in the field. Kapalua. every year since 99, we've seen this in Hawaii. Primetime golf, Ben, 7,600 yards, but it doesn't really play like that, although... Only one of the par fives generally generates a lot of eagles, so it does allow the shorter hitters to still contend if they have their wedges and putting dialed in. So when we go to the very top of the board this week, you're going to see the number one player in the world, John Rom, only $11,000 in a no-cut event. Not terrible. Morikawa and Thomas are 10-8 and 10-6. Bryson, your guy, 10-2. Vic, big dick Vic, $10,000. Those are the top end. Because those are the top end, And I I have my opinions on these guys and who I like. But when you look at the $9,000 guys, how they're priced, especially versus the odds board, I think that there's going to be a lot of people that say, screw the 10K range. I'll take three 9K guys.
1: Very possible. Uh, You know, the the Cantley-Xander combos and whatnot, uh, I could see it. I also think, you know, it's going to be very, very easy to go get ROM if you want to, best player on the planet. There's a lot of ways to start for me. I like Bryson. I like JT. Uh, You know, we know that Justin Thomas obviously can thrive here, but I I think that Bryson, just because he's so unique and who knows what he's going to do, but obviously with generous fairways, I would assume he's going to take some aggressive stances. He obviously scores really well. And the other thing about Bryson, everyone, we all talk about his driving, rightfully so. When he really pops, it's because of the, he can get crazy hot with his putter. We've seen it so many times over the years, and that's something I think here will serve him very well.
2: It's weird because I don't want to conflate the betting market with DraftKings because there's not much differentiation between the prices of these guys in the DraftKings game. That I'm not going to bet wrong because I don't want to bet a guy who's 6-1 to one to win a tournament, especially when there's other yeah. like big-name guys. Obviously, he's the favorite. Do you think that there's a chance that he ends up as the lowest-owned of the 10K guys?
1: No. I think that Bryson would probably be the lowest-owned of them. To be honest,
2: it, it's, it's early in the week. So only 1500 people have generated lineup so far on fantasy, slash mail 20% where you can get all of this information and search, whatever you want, use the model, use the simulator, whatever. But I'm seeing Rom as the lowest own this early in the week. He's very comparable with Bryson right now, but it just seems like everyone's first click is Justin Thomas.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's pretty obvious. I can't push back on that. I get it. Um, he's done it we don't have really recent forms, so i think people look even more at, at tournament history which to me in something like this would be kind of a mistake to be honest not that it's a bad thing where do you think hovland comes in amongst the five i think that there's just so much buzz
2: around hovland right now like, even we did that draft uh kenny yeah. came, contemplated taking him number one overall uh and he ended up getting taken number three overall which allowed me to have more account like Mar- more account is by far my favorite play of these 10k guys okay. like Everything that you want out of Justin Thomas, you get out of Morikawa, except he puts better more often. Like they, they both lose a lot of the time, but we always make the case that like, oh, if JT just gains strokes putting, he's going to win the tournament. Essentially, the same thing is true for Colin Morikawa, except he's more consistent with his irons.
1: Well, it, I mean, his irons are in a class of their own, and. It's just been so, I, I don't know, you know, JT with the putter, obviously it's been a struggle, but I, I, long-term, I never really looked at that as a glaring weakness for him. I'm interested to see if that regresses in a good way this year. Certainly, you're going to get a discount in ownership if you go off of JT. I also think in a tournament like this, I'm not sure how popular it will be, but you're going to have the opportunity to double-click north of 10, uh, and find plenty of value in the bottom
2: yeah if you want to build a unique lineup which is kind of the key to this week obviously having the winner is going to be you know a big facet of this as well but if you do the double 10 i think that's more unique because every everyone's initial instinct like i'm just i'm on the DraftKings page right now let's say i take morikawa oh who's my second guy and oh xander 9500 dollars. perfect like he is such xander and cantley are such easy the clicks to be the second guy in that. If you have the stones to fade those guys, I think you can take some pretty higher owned guys like around them. Cause that build in general is still going to be more unique. If you don't have Cantley or Xander, the issue is if you don't have Cantley or Xander, you're, you're giving up like two of the best six guys in the field.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's going to, I mean, I can already see how my year is going to get started because I, I'm pretty interested in just skipping. I know it's not really a range. There's only three guys. But if you don't use a player in the 9K range, you're going to be pretty unique right off the bat. And I'm pretty interested in doing that with a lot of teams starting Ram and Bryson, JT and Bryson, and then bumping into the mid eights where you've got the Deckies, Burgers, Cam Smiths of the world, and just hoping that Cantley, Xander and Burns don't win. Uh, if you can get by those three you're going to pick up a ton a ton of equity.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing right now in terms of the ownership projections Cantley coming in as the lowest of those three in the $9,000 range. It's not like you it's not like no one's playing Cantley, but everyone is playing Xander. People are just so smitten with Sam Burns right now, which, you know, is completely fair. No one was better during the fall swing than Sam Burns really outside of Vic. That maybe there's that recency bias playing in. Do you buy into Not that it matters because if Burns comes in second or fourth, then he's still going to be worth what his price point is at $9,100. But we haven't seen a first-time winner here since 2008, and it was like an absolute jabroni, Daniel Chopra, who won.
1: (laughs) Daniel Chopra, I assume that he's not here this year. Uh, I believe he's Swedish, right?
2: (laughs) He is, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's that's all He was
2: He was basically like proto-Lingmurth, I think.
1: (laughs) Those are the days. Yeah. I mean, I don't read a ton into that. Obviously Sam Burns, it Bermuda ridiculous, just fantastic. At the same time, he's being priced. Like all those things are true already. And, and we've seen that it's been true, but I'm more than willing to say, okay, I'm going to get a discount in probably ownership and clearly in price to, you know, a handful of players that I I feel just as confident are going to have maybe a better year than Sam Burns. And in this spot, I actually trust a little more. So if that's what beats me, listen, there's only 39 guys. You have to do something. That's probably going to be my something is go against the grain and hope I survive.
2: Looking at Fantasy National right now, obviously you click the star next to the player and you highlight them. They end up in your lineup builder if that's how you want to go approach things. Now, it's not a one for one type deal just because you have Justin Thomas star doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be using him in every single lineup kind of thing, but I'm just looking at the favorite percentage. So the amount of users that are on the site that have put a star next to certain players' names. And Justin Thomas is by far, 73% of people on the site have selected Justin Thomas so far. Um, Xander is second with 58%. Cameron Smith is at 58%. And then Sam Burns is at 55%. So he's going to be super popular here. Him like the Xander Burns build is like the build. I think Thomas Xander Burns, go find a sleeper or Xander Burns, Cam Smith.
1: Yeah. Again. And can that work? Yeah, of course it could work. You could leave money on the table. There's things you could do, but I'm not really interested in that. Like you've got Daniel Berger's a hundred dollars more than Cam Smith. I think that he's okay in that spot. Speeth, Decky, you know, a couple hundred dollars less than Sam Burns. There are other, other guys here. And even if you favor, Burns versus Spieth or Burns versus Decky, be favoring them at like a a 2x, a 3x multiplier because some of these ownership splits could be absolutely massive in a 39-man field.
2: I want to circle back to Vic for a second. Do you think that he's going to end up being one of the more popular guys here. Cause I am of two minds of this. He, he played it last year, obviously I uh, did not perform well at all, but he just seems to be in a different stratosphere right now. And he has, I pitched this to Feinberg that he's now going through early stage, Justin Thomas syndrome where he can't win in mainland USA. He can only win like in the periphery
1: CIMB style. Uh, yeah. I think that Vic could be, pre- I, I think it's, There's a real chance that uh, Justin Thomas and then it's pretty wide open in terms of who could slide into that second most popular 10k play I think that Hovland's live to fill that role over Morikawa over Bryson and even over Rom possibly.
2: I can see it. I think Morikawa and Vic might be the way that I want to go. If we can talk through some guys here at the bottom as a way to start my lineup, because if you do take two 10K guys, all of a sudden, you know, you can afford an eight guy, a seven guy, then you're down in the sixes, where if you went Morikawa into the eights, Hovland into the eights, and skipped Cantley, Xander, or Burns, uh, then you can build a more balanced lineup, which I think is just more appealing to people in a tournament like this. And it's probably a bit more of a unique build. If you, like you said, if you skip that nine, okay, your team's probably going to be pretty unique. And I'm not talking about not having your lineup duplicated because I think that gets misconstrued a lot of the time when we talk about this ownership stuff and trying to game theory this out. Like if I build the same lineup as you uh, with five of six guys and I leave $400 on the table, like it's not really just because my lineup is one guy different isn't really doing me any favors. Like I'm looking for a unique combination that's low owned that if I hit, I'm just competing against far fewer people in my tournament.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of ways to go about that. It's just in a 40-man field like this, you really have to be aware because like you just mentioned, even if you're quote-unquote unique, if you have a 1v1 against like a million other combinations, it's you're, you're literally drawing to a single guy in some of these and then that permutation is boxed out by something else. So it can become very difficult very quickly. And I, I think there are ways doesn't mean again doesn't mean you're going to win but you can at least maximize your pass knowing that if if your stands or your fades come to fruition you're maximizing your opportunity that's all I'm going to try to do this week is if i get my fades right am i in the best chance to to take advantage of what was probably going to be a pretty fortunate stand
2: do you have any lean between Cantlay, xander and burns cuz i think it's xander and it's not close
1: i mean i i I never have ever gotten Xander right. It's a pain point. I would lean Xander true, just his ability. Uh, I mean, he shined in these type of events. Obviously, we've seen this before here. The game is in good shape. He's just a phenomenal player. The price is right. I also think, though, the the quote-unquote public would pick Xander of the three as well.
2: I would agree, although I think that Cantlay and Burns are... I mean, those three guys, Andrew will probably be a little bit above them in terms of ownership, but it won't be that big of a disparity. No. At least that's not what I'm seeing right now. Let's talk eights, because Spieth is the leader in terms of salary up here. My gut... I still haven't bet Spieth this week, but all my being says that he's going to win this tournament. So I'm going to play him. I don't care what the ownership is. Then you got Matsuyama, Brooks, Berger, Cam Smith, Sungjae, Anser, Finao at $8,000 some guys are going to be popular. Like I mentioned, like Cam Smith and Sung J Spieth will be like, they're all kind of popular Smith and Sung J the highest of those guys, but Brooks, you might get single digit ownership on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Brooks is (sighs) tournament wise. I get it. I I totally understand. You've got Bermuda splits. It's just, where is Brooks Uh, health wise, game wise, form wise. I'm not sure anybody knows that that's why you're getting the discounted ownership. Berger to me is the one that's a little more interesting. I feel like he's he would be a lot more talked about if he wasn't in a, a super range with Cam Smith and Sunjay. And a lot of the things that they do well, Berger does well. Again, Bermuda splits really good with the irons. I feel okay with him, especially if other people are looking elsewhere.
2: I think that Berger is still going to carry an amount of ownership. He was my cover guy in my article this week because I think that he and Sung Jae set up really similarly. So once I get a better sample of where the ownership is going to go, I expect it to be on Sung Jae and Smith over Burger, But I'm seeing it pretty flat right now. But I'm with you. I think objectively Burger is my favorite play of those three guys. It would be go Berger, Im, then Smith having to rely on cam smith's putting for him to win this tournament and just saying like oh yeah he is going to gain five strokes putting that that's tough to really go i'd rather go you know because it's me with the guy who's been losing three and a half strokes per tournament be like no he can figure that out don't worry about it
1: (laughs) so you're playing decky
2: i mean that's burger right now
1: yeah but i mean it is burger right now historically burger i feel i mean he had a great stretch there uh basically all of 2021 he putted pretty well you've it's a good range, though. I think you can find a lot of different things. I bet Cam Smith, that's going to be kind of my hedge because I think, obviously, when equity-wise, north of 20, I'm okay with that. I may come in under in DraftKings just because I don't think I can get over the field. And I do like burger. I'll have some decky. I want to say answer, but... I don't really have a feel for him in any regard. He's just sitting there at 81.
2: It's funny because his success has led him to this price, obviously. He's properly priced, but still seeing his name amongst these guys, it's a lot like the Sam Burns effect where I'm just not ready for it yet. And he relied so much on his putter. Especially, I I mean, huge spike weeks, 5.4 at the CJ Cup only came in 14th, 5.2 at the BMW came in 9th, 4.2 at the Charles Schwab came in 14th, 9.4 at the Valspar came in 5th. And finally he broke through in a week where his, you know, his irons really went off and he had far fewer of those exceptional irons weeks throughout the course of the season, then I think that people remember, like he really relied on this hot putter. He wasn't gaining like eight strokes and seven strokes with his irons. He was, he was consistently like the two to four range, which is great. Which is going to have you competing, but you're probably not going to crack through and win some of these tournaments. And I feel like I can mine that sort of value somewhere further down the list.
1: That's fair. Uh, and then there's the, I mean, I know where these are small ranges, so you can really mention every guy. The last guy in the range is uh, Tony, but he, I mean, his putter is broken, but it's always broken. It's particularly on Bermuda. Another one, maybe an aggressive like off the T stacks with Bryson and whatnot, but I don't know where I come in on him. I think I'll be sticking more in the mid eights than the lower, lower eights.
2: I think I'm with you. And I think that a lot of people are going to see the same thing. Like it's going to be hard to yeah. get defeat out. Although that's a really juicy price for a guy that scores, especially DraftKings points as well as he does. And, so much of this is just going completely blind because we haven't seen really any of these guys. I mean, hell, some of them are like in true competitive, competitive fields in two months, maybe three months if they were at the Ryder Cup. Like, there has been a correlation between guys that played in the President's Cup in Australia uh, two years ago or played at that Australia swing when that was available or the QBC shootout or the Hero World Challenge, just because, like, you have a data point on them. They've played at least, I mean, competitive golf is probably a stretch, but I mean, if they were competing for something at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, this is a weird time of the year. You're going to see, I mean, the real edges will be like next week when it's like, oh, this guy, he was terrible at, at Kappa Lua. You can't play him. And then he'll win. That that uh, that, so that, many- that
2: has worked out for me, by the way, in betting Sony, like not nah, terrible TOC yeah, nah. goes out and wins Kucher, terrible TOC goes out and wins. Like I'm not, I'm, don't bother looking at the Kapalua stats. The only thing that really the indication point at the Sony is like the vast majority of Sony open winners are guys that played at Kapalua. Now, is that because yep. they're warmed up or because they're probably the best players in the field? That's up to you to decide.
1: hundred percent on all of that. Yeah. I, I remember distinctly with nob nah, but here I think, you know, again, I I'm a little different up top, so I'm not as worried about what I do in the eights. And then we still have, you know, like 50% of the field sub 8K, maybe even more uh, to choose from. So it's not like our work is done just yet.
2: Did you know that one in three Americans regularly suffer from nausea? And although I'm not American, I too suffer from nausea from time to time. Sometimes it hits me right before I start recording and it is disastrous. Fortunately, I actually have a product that has been helping me out, making sure that it's not really a problem when I record anymore. Relief Brand is where you want to be at. you got to check out Relief Brand. Relief Brand is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness or anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. I can tell you it has worked for me And it's awesome because it's 100% drug-free, it's non-drowsy, and provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as you need. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients. But now, through Relief Brand, it's available to everyone, including me and including you. And it works to stimulate a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal to your brain, is sending to your stomach, telling you that you're fine. And I put it on. Then I don't have it anymore. It's so effective. It's kind of incredible. Relief Brand is the only over-the-counter wearable device that has been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. Relief Brand just released its newest model, Relief Band Sport. The Sport is waterproof, features interchangeable bands, and has extended battery life. I can't tell you enough about the wonders that Relief Brand has worked with me. Don't let nausea keep you from doing what you love. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. Imagine that! If you go to reliefbrand.com and use promo code MAYO, that's M-A-Y-O for those of you who can't smell, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use my promo code MAYO. For twenty percent off plus free shipping. Let's try to build a grouping from the sub eight k. Patrick Reed is the highest priced of all of these guys. He's at seventy nine. Then you got the defending champion Harris English, CoCrack the Gooch. The Gooch is going to be very popular this week. By the way, I like the Gooch too, but his ownership might reach like thirty five percent. So we'll <sighs> wait and see with him. Leishman, Nah, Horschel, See, woo. Oh, and he was even in the sixes. It's pretty condensed. $7,000 range as well. The only one I have a star next to at this moment, like I bet Patrick Reed to win. I think that might be good enough for me. I might leave him off the DraftKings team. We'll see. Kevin Na is the one that people aren't using from this range. And I think of a lot of it has to do with how poorly he's performed at this tournament in the past. Although on paper, I think this tournament sets up really well for Kevin Na because driver tends to mean less at this tournament than I mean there are certain years where the wind is with you where DJ and Rom or hell even Bryson this year if that's the way that you wanted to play it I get it because that could prevail but really it's irons and putting in a scoring fest and those are generally what Kevin Nod does we just need to get hot with the butter
1: I mean small sample size but when you look at what he's done here obviously he's off the tee's been horrendous but he hasn't done anything on the greens either and that's what you're going to need to flip even more so than the off the tee that that should be, you would hope mitigated. Uh, I get it with Taylor Gooch, but what about Leishman? I mean, it's been a weird run. He was it seemed like he was hurt, and then he showed flashes, and now he's found some form, albeit at, at you know swing season events. I don't think people are going to go to Leishman. I'm always a sucker to play him. I think he's just perpetually mispriced, underpriced, underowned. He's got experience here. I think Leishman is one of the better plays in the mid sevens.
2: Good good in the wind. Uh, Australians have done very well at this course in the past. I I can completely buy it at $7,100, but, or $7,500, sorry. That, but is there really that big of a difference between Leishman and Horschel who's 7,000 bucks?
1: No, I mean, Billy O's Billy O. Uh, I don't know. I just, I like Leishman so much more just in life, but. I guess, man, he's—it's amazing. Billy Horshel somehow makes it here like every year.
2: Huh. D- does he play in this event every year? Like he won twice last year. One was a Euro event, but he won the match play, and like he'll—he'll he'll win like the Byron Nelson. Like, he, yeah, he, he, yeah he, he wears weird stuff. Yeah, he wins tournaments like no one is watching.
1: Yeah, <laughs> somehow still counts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have no problem. Again, there's only 39 guys. I have no problem with Billy Ho. I just, for me, give me Leishman. Kokrak is going to be a guy that I know I'm going to get wrong. I don't know what to really do with him. Obviously, he looked great when you gained nine strokes putting and six and a half at Houston with the Irons. That's going to work. I just, I am I, I wonder if people are going to see that and maybe overown him just because of the quote-unquote recent form.
2: What do we do with Harris English? Uh, the, the defending champ who's like broken now. Uh,
1: I I don't know. I don't understand any of it. Any of it. It's, I mean, he's fallen off. It's only been a a small sample, but he has looked horrible. And the the putter, even though it's not terrible, it's regressed to just like normal levels, which is killing him on top of everything else. Uh, I'm not going to play him, but I wasn't playing Harris English for a long time. And he was just absolutely cooking for so long there during the summer.
2: Well, I might have to go with you on Leishman as the pivot off of Gooch. I am going to play Kevin Na, and I'll make a decision on Patrick Reed. But Na is the only one. Na and Leishman are the two that I'll I'll put the star next to a favorite right now before I construct all of my lineups. We downgrade into the sixes, and this is just a crapshoot. For whatever reason, I yeah. like Lucas Herbert. I like Lucas Herbert at these island events where there could be wind. He's another guy like you know Ireland, Bermuda. He's $6,100. He, he makes a lot of things work.
1: I don't mind that at all. Again, I don't think he'll be, you know, these are all flyers, but a lot of the things you just said to me lead me to Joel Dahman. I I think he could set up pretty well here. He's the same price, not really making noise one way or another in terms of recent, you know, results, but we saw him win at Corrales. We've seen him do some things. He's got the big hat. I don't know, 61? You could do worse than him.
2: Sure, I mean, Damon's fine. The way that I'm seeing it right now in terms of ownership, Seamus Power, who per like the Fantasy National model is just spitting out as a top play right now because there's so little information to go off of that it still kind of includes his really hot run. So there's him, Damon, and EVR, Eric Van Royen are probably going to be like the three that people point to. Maybe that switches up during the week. Maybe Cam Davis gets some buzz because there's so many par fives at this course, and he scores so well on par fives. But I, I can get behind Damon for sure. This isn't TPC Kapalua, is it? Because if it is, we're using KH Lee. But I don't think it is.
1: <laughs> no, no, I have it on good authority. No dice. What about like the, the – re- well, you mentioned Cam Davis a little, but like do you have any interest in going like full? you know, Bryson, Champ, cam david just like mashers and hope they may be par five scoring and maybe distance is even more important somehow i could
2: see it I, I think that's a unique way to build your lineup because that is sort of the opposite of what i mean that's the opposite of what i have identified as what makes the most sense here but it's not like we haven't seen years where that strategy at this course has prevailed uh, i mean 2018 is the perfect example of that but it's probably not going to be for me but I mean, I could potentially be talked into it. I think C. Woo's a good play. Just, you might get first, he... you might get last, but we know that, hey, is this a course where you need to get super hot and make a ton of birdies and there's no out of bounds to hit it to really? And Wu.
1: Yeah, I have no problem with Wu. My question on Siwoo is is a life question. Every year, I feel like they're like, man, what a bummer for Siwoo. This is his last year because he has to go to, to military uh, stuff and then he's just back the next year didn't i thought the olympics that was it
2: i think that was his last chance to qualify to avoid so, his because i think you have till 30 in south korea to go he's only 26 oh. it feels like he's been around for 10 years
1: oh. so he could be all right well i'll be dead and buried by the time he goes to military then so we don't have to worry about that uh 69 for siwoo yeah what about homa Couple hundred less.
2: I saw a bunch of people. There was a site that was hanging a one fifty to one on Max Homa, and everyone just kind of jumped in on that. I, I I missed the number. Yeah, it, it crashed pretty quickly once people started betting it. I don't know what to do with him, to tell you the truth. He makes He's a on lot
1: my... He
2: makes a lot of logical sense. However, I don't know I just don't see it from. Him. I never see it from. Him that was the thing.
1: Yeah, I have a. a I mean, there's certain guys that maybe it's just luck, or so. I, I tend to do. It's probably guys who win Wells Fargo. Uh, I, I like Homa, and I tend to get him right. I picked him in our in our draft as well, so I'll be rooting for him the whole year. He's just someone I feel like he, he's never owned to how he should be. He doesn't have a great identifier of what type of courses or even skill set. I, I to me, besides the putter, he's pretty well rounded. In a tournament like this, where there's so many weird factors. I may look to guys like that that have almost like no identity, even like a a Brandon Grace, like no one's really talking about him. He's just sitting there. He's been kind of terrible, which makes it a little more dangerous. But just that concept, I guess.
2: I think I would go with Higo over Grace. No real reasoning behind it, but I've seen Higo win these like super shootout tournaments before. I mean, that's basically what he did the last The Canary
1: year. Islands. Canary
2: Islands. But even like, I mean, Palmetto was a little bit harder. But we saw how hot he got on, like, to, to watch him play. Like, he he bombs it off the tee. Uh, but, like, when he gets his wedges dialed in, he's pretty good around the greens. But, man, he when he's on, he pots. And, like, he's walking in 12-footers wearing these, like, mid-90s, weird Justin Rose glasses or like Florida Marlins outfielder glasses. Like the line of Shields is probably wearing these glasses somewhere still to this day. He didn't need the at Olympic stadium. Once he left the Expos and all of a sudden he's out there just trying to get, you know, which ones I'm talking about, like the really big, I like, do. like almost like Oakley glasses from back in the day.
1: I know. I know exactly what you're talking about uh, all too well. Um, yeah. Listen, I, again, this is the type of tournament. I think you can build some lineups like that. You can get some pure. And that's the other part of this. Like, obviously, you want your guys to play well, but if they don't come in the top, you know, five to eight, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is streaks, bonuses, things of that nature. You're going to see wacky scoring, especially at an easy course like this. So you want you're going to need to bake in some upside. and, And certainly a guy like Higo can do that.
2: So I'm looking at the past 50 rounds overall, uh, proximity 100 to 125 yards. I've identified that as kind of like the key range this week for, especially for guys that lay up a lot. On par fives where they're just going to get to, the and some of these shorter par fours too. If they're not Bryson and they're not going for every single one, they're just going to hit it to like 111 yards and hit a wedge in. That's, I mean, that's JT's formula to win events. uh Yes, we do see him go for it a lot of the time, but even on, I remember at Mirfield Village when they had the when they played the back to back the work day and then they played the memorial at the work day. They had that drivable par four every single day. JT like uh, Morikawa was going for it. Vic put it in the water when they were going down in contention. Uh, JT's like, yeah, I'll just hit like a seven iron to the middle of the fairway, and then I'll hit a, a pitch or a, an A or a gap wedge into it, and every day just put it like two feet from the pin. Like that is his money range when it comes down to it. So looking at those guys, Cam Smith, Taylor Gooch, Sam Burns, Joel Damon, Cameron Davis are your top five. Do you know who number six is from that range?
1: Seamus Brooks. Wow. I Thank God I said someone stupid, so you just told me I never would have said Brooks. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. Like, the modeling ranks,
2: my my key stats rank out Brooks 14th over the past 50 rounds. And it's weird, like, Brooks, Brooks, Patrick Reed are really the two players, and their odds kind of reflect this, too, is that you're not really betting on for Brooks. You're not really betting on his stats. You're betting on his motivation to play. It seems like, and with Patrick Reed, you're just spinning a roulette wheel. It's like, Oh, is the best player in the world showing up or is corn fairy, Patrick Reed
1: showing up. That's I mean, yeah, those guys are, and you can do this in golf more than other sports to me. It's just like macro buys. And I I do that with some players where I'm just like, I'm going to play them for a month straight. And even if it looks awful, I'm going to force myself to do it because there's no rhyme or reason for a while, they'll turn it around, and when they do turn it around, I will get them at such low ownership that it will pay off for the for the misses. Now, some guys never turn it around, and then they're Brandon Harkins, but uh, <laughs> if they don't, if they do, I mean, you know, you can really get a payoff, and I think Brooks fits that mold a lot. The best two players from the 6K range on par fives gained in this
2: field over the past 50 rounds are Herbert and Saint Seamus Power. After that, it's Max Homa. They're all inside the top 15. Herbert's the only one inside the top 10. Unfortunately, Herbert sucks at everything else. But that's sort of... It's not necessarily a macro buy for me on Herbert. It's more like... Remember when... I mean, you play Aaron Wise every week anyway. And now he's good, that's so fair. that actually works out. But for a while, it's like, is this course on the coast? So, sort of like Graham McDowell? Like, does this course border <laughs> an ocean if it does play the this guy there for reasons
1: yeah i mean there is a a handful and most of them aren't at the toc but there's a handful of guys where you know if they're going to finish inside the 125 they're going to get it done at a literally three to five tournaments that they can only play whether it's like the heritages of the world or some of these like ridiculous bomber tracks and i think some of these guys down there you start to get into course fit more and more so i get it i mean there's tough. I mean, the bottom of the very bottom, those are pure flyers. I don't have a ton to say on like the Glover, Kisner types. Maybe if I'm in a jam, if I double up or even triple up up top, but I don't know how often I would do that.
2: Uh, per the numbers that you know, I've ran, Damon is by far the best play
1: in the $6,000 range. I'm I'm in line with that. I, I, like, I like that spot. For me, it would be Damon, Siwoo, and Homa, I think would be my three.
2: Trying to look at Glover right now. Glover's ball striking like it's not obviously the glove. A, the glove. Um, Google Halifax glove guy. By the way, if you get a chance, you want to read a real weird story uh, about a local Halifax guy. glove guy. Halifax glove guy. Yeah, it's about a guy who is, just just Google it, and you'll read the story. It's like I a, It's like a crime story. It's, it's really fucked up. Uh, but anyway, that, that's something, that, that that's, that's, put that on your reading list out there. It's just a weird story. I think there's a podcast on it now, too. Like, Glover's results since he won the John Deere have been abysmal. Miscut, 57th, Miscut, Miscut, 38th, 57th, 67th, 45th, Miscut. And these aren't like, I mean, some of them are top-end fields, like CJ Cup in the two playoff events, but most aren't, because it's Lucas Glover. He's just not that good. But his ball striking continues to be good. His chipping is horrendous, and his putting, well, it fell back off a cliff. But historically, at this tournament, uh, let's see, we don't even have him in the system from, that's how long ago that he's played this tournament, that it's been like over a decade. Uh, But, you know, he's a former U.S. Open winner. He does catch a hot putter from time to time, um, and usually it is at a Bermuda course, so actually no mainly it's at event grass course maybe i'm talking myself out of this as i go look at the numbers right now too i don't know there's something about this tournament in the john deere classic which just kind of jibes with me I, I i pointed this out before it's in the column but you know spieth has won both these tournaments steve stricker has won both these tournaments zach johnson has won both these tournaments jonathan bird the Birdman, coco beware he's won both of these tournaments so i think that there's something to that and i think it's a lot like the and this gets brought up a lot it's the no flat lies at Kapalua. Like you're just hitting off a weird angle every single time. TPC deer run is like that. Augusta national is like that. Quail hollow is kind of like that. Riviera is kind of like that. That's why you see a lot of the similar guys, not so much John Deere. Cause that's a scrub field and no one plays it, but maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into Lucas Glover. Do you, do you have any lean on this?
1: So I I don't mind that narrative. I don't know for me if it translates all the way to Lucas Glover, <laughs> but I mean, Homa, good news. I like Bryson a lot. Uh, I do. And JDC winner. I like Max Homa. He's won at Wells Fargo. I think there are some elements that maybe I'm just pulling what I want out of the data. But I I do see that in some of these guys. So I just the thing with Glover is truly uh, you're going to and we know this all the time and it's such high variance, but you're just you're going to have to make some pots. There's no doubt. And I just worry that, you know, in a birdie fest like this, he just can't keep up. Or can he? He won the John Deere Classic. He, when, when did
2: you? It was last year he won the John Deere Classic because that's why he's in this tournament. I, I enjoyed your tweet of this will be your first okay. chance to use all of these players because you all didn't use any guys. last year.
1: And that's, this is test case number one. John Deere Classic last year. Did I use Lucas Glover? Certainly not. Just looking at the leaderboard, I probably had Luke List was up there. Why couldn't he just win?
2: um i've been saying that for five
1: years man that's true there's a lot of and my question that i'll ask on every pod uh, hopefully it'll be a lot that i do with you this year i know he wouldn't be in this tournament but where is bud cawley
2: uh, he's collecting
1: anthony kim insurance money i i guess uh, maybe he's related to this halifax glove store i we bud <laughs> Cauley has just disappeared and for me i only used to have to worry about five guys on most weeks in terms of rostering, because I would just play him every time. I hope he comes back this year.
2: I, I think he was in a car accident and hurt his back. And we've seen with back injuries, like they just, I mean, I mean, when was, we saw Graham Dillette come back for what, like five weeks? And then just, he, he's gone again.
1: Hopefully he can get healthy, but yeah, this is a, it's going to be a wild one. I, I, I'm interested to see how my lineups actually look when I build them.
2: Yeah, he remains, let's see, he remains sidelined due to an injury. When is this from? Eight months ago. Bud Colley provided an update to his fans via social media, letting them know that he underwent surgery on Monday and hopes to receive relief that would allow him to return to action sooner rather than later. Okay. However, it's now later. It's not sooner anymore.
1: He's just resting. So we, maybe we need him back. We'll get him back.
2: Maybe we'll see him. Then you can just you play him at 6,300 bucks every week.
1: It's a story uh and tale as old as time.
2: Let's do the play the best plays lineup. You're very familiar with this. If people are not, it's Just when you go onto DraftKings and start clicking buttons in football season, I think we're going to repurpose this, Ben. Just call it the shitter guy lineup. Oh, and this tournament doesn't start until, like, well into Thursday. So there's going to be plenty of people, like, at work. It's like, people go to work anymore. I don't know. But if they're taking a shit at work, they're on the can, and they're like, oh, I'm going to throw a lineup into the $15 huge money DraftKings for golf this week. Who are the, like, six most obvious plays that everyone is going to build with? Where do you think it goes? Thomas and then Xander? Is that the start?
1: The guys that I clicked in, I clicked in Thomas, I clicked in Xander, and I clicked in Taylor Gooch.
2: I'm going to throw Cam Smith into that as well. What does that leave us with? Okay, so
1: we got seven.
2: That leaves us with 7,000. I don't know if Seamus Power is going to be popular because Fantasy National... Is spitting out good stats for him so he's he's popular amongst those who run optimizers or research stats i don't know what sort of weight that he carries uh amongst people but is there any more like obvious play in the six thousand dollar range like is it damon or evr because i saw both those two guys getting a ton of like ownership love
1: yeah i think it's probably i mean depending on how insane these people are if they're truly gone maybe they see phil's name but that can't be something that we would advocate for me would probably be dominant English or read English or read. Could we get a crack or coke rack?
2: I suppose that's true. Let me look at the ownership projections as of right now. Again, they're not super reliable at the moment. Like I said, only because it's so early in the week, but yeah. Power. Gooch Leishman coke rack. Crockxs probably the answer
1: to this. Or Reed, I yeah. guess.
2: I mean, Reed fits. It's probably Reed.
1: Yeah, I mean, people like this would zero out their lineup, which I would strongly not recommend, but that's <laughs> that's the whole point of this lineup. Yeah.
2: But like you could also do an alternate universe lineup where you get rid of Justin Thomas and get rid of Joel Damon and you put in Sam Burns. And you still don't have enough for Sungjae. That's weird, really. Not enough for Sungjae. Let's see, Sungjae. And then you have seventy three hundred dollars left, and you probably go to Horschel, right? So you have Burns, Shoffly, Cam Smith, Gooch, Sungjae, and Horschel. And you still have three hundred bucks left, just because the pricing's weird.
1: Yeah, if you decide not to go with JT, then you're. I can guarantee that this person will have two, maybe even three 9K guys, and that's how you construct. Then you don't have to dip into the sixes. How about this? This is
2: going to be the official shitter guy lineup here. We're okay. Take out Billy Horschel. We're going to put Joel Damon back in, put Justin Thomas back in. Here's the lineup. And it leaves 100 bucks on the table. Exciting times. Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Cam Smith, Gooch, Jay Damon.
1: Got it. So we we destroyed we kicked out Xander. We
2: kicked out Xander because going to Burns allows you to go from like Coke Rack Reed up to Sunjay
1: Yeah, that's totally reasonable. The mid to lower eights with the Sunjay Cam Smith pairing. And very go- popular. And, and Gooch is going to be. And Gooch in there. and Gooch is definitely
2: yeah. going to be in there for people. All right, that'll do it. Pat Mayo experience, first one of the year. I'm excited to talk. I'm so excited for Sony. Weirdly enough, like this is such a oh my. Th- this is a nice appetizer right now. Like I got myself some some bacon wrapped scallops, maybe some nice mussels with a nice bit of dipping bread, but I'm really looking forward to like the, the, the nice steak meal that I have coming for me right now, or, you know, the, the fanciest thing stuff with the second fanciest thing. I'll have lobster stuff with tacos, something like that. I'm looking forward to that main course. This is a nice entry point. Plus it's all primetime golf too. So like after football ends on Sunday, I can just tune into this.
1: Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait. Once now that college football is basically done, turn my attention to golf. I'm very, very excited. We get Shot Tracker. We get all the good sweats. Uh, There's really nothing better. All right.
2: That will do it. Like I mentioned on the Pat Mayo Experience, rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review, something you enjoy about the show, Twitter handle, or email address and you're in the draw to get one of those free entries into the one and done tournament at fantasygolfchampionships.com. i do have a pinned tweet at the pme right now where i'm giving away another free entry you can just go enter it which you should do right now because it's filling up incredibly fast uh fantasy golf the race for the mayo cup five hundred thousand dollars of guaranteed money it's $125 to play for the year. It's not like it's $125 a week. It's for the year. Like I said, it's like $375 a week or something crazy like that. You have a free entry to give away. Do you know what you're doing?
1: I don't yet. We're going to be doing some things over at Osmo awesome for sure, obviously. We're covering these tournaments from every angle. Alex, me, Jace, the whole team. Very excited. So if you're looking for that, you're looking for betting content, DFS content, head on over, be part of the team. We'd love to have you as part of the community.
2: And highly recommend FantasyNational.com. Use slash Mayo at the end and get yourself. Lock in that 20% off rate for life at whatever membership that you sign up for. We have a ton of members. It's a very useful tool. No one's giving you picks on FantasyNational.com. It's the tools to make your own picks, the tools to generate your own lineups, look at ownership percentages, and make your own decisions. That's why people love it. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Smash a like on the way out. Sub to Mayo Media Network in the newsletter. I will see you next time.
0: experience. EXPERIENCE!